0: Good afternoon everyone. Good afternoon Lake Norman. Welcome to your weekly dose of cultural exposure. <laughs> exposure in a good exposure in a good way. Exposure in a good way. Get your mind out of the gutter. Welcome to Tuesday afternoons here. Know the scene, Justin Dion, your host, where every week we challenge you to know the scene here in Lake Norman and the surrounding communities. Uh, what's what's up in the scene? what's what can you do? What do you say? What do you like? What do you do with your families? What do you eat? What do you drink? What do you go enjoy? How do you party with your friends? What is the scene here in Lake Norman? Do we have one? I think we do, and our mission is to to make sure that we help you know about it. Uh, so today, um, on our third third broadcast today, we have honestly what I think, who I think is is and not just think I know is one of the most influential founding um, influencers and creators of the scene that exists right now in Lake Norman and the surrounding areas, Mr. Chris Bukides. Chris, welcome to the show.
1: Welcome. What an entrance that was. Wow. Not even close, man.
0: Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely you are, man. You've done so much. Let me just, right off the bat, I just want to rattle off a few things. Let's see if some people... That are listening, um, as they listen, I'm sure at least several of these will will ping you as as things that you know about here in the Lake Norman scene and beyond. Let's see. We have we have on the nines, on the nines, we have the venues at Langtree, Comedy Zone in Charlotte, formerly comedy zone at Lake Norman as now, there's well. There's a comedy zone uh, in Mooresville, too. That, oh, comedy zone Mooresville, yeah. uh Book Catering, uh Boatyard, and of course, R.I.P. Galway hooker, (laughs) if you knew any of those things, any of those venues, restaurants, um, that I just mentioned there, you have experienced a Bukitis experience.
1: And I hope it was a good one.
0: Well, I I know it is for me. I'm sure it is for I'm sure it has been for many others. So, Chris, for those maybe who are listening and and aren't and aren't familiar with any of this, or you know what's what I really like about this opportunity today is I think, and this is one of the things I love about you, is you know, you are a classic guy who is an entrepreneur who starts these things, who influences communities, but you don't like you know what I mean? Like you don't go out there and advertise yourself about it. Like you, you, you sit back and you just do the work, which yeah. I think is really cool. But today, I want to make sure people know a little bit about the man behind these places and how you, what you have done to build that scene that we've talked about and build this scene that is that is now. If anything, you're like a founding father. So, no, I don't so know tell about me, that. tell tell us about. I want to start today. Just take us to the beginning. Who is Chris Bukitis? What's your story? What got you even to Lake Norman to begin with?
1: Well, first off. That is entirely way too big of an entrance. <laughs> I am a good old Greek boy that serves food and beverage to a lot of good people and gives them a hell of an entertainment in between there. Uh, I'm born and raised in Charlotte. I'm 54 years old. All I've ever known was the entertainment game from food and beverage through restaurants with my father, just the early days of my life. All I remember was being in the back of a kitchen, you know, bread and onion rings, Stealing a few French fries. What restaurant
0: in Charlotte did your family run?
1: My family was tied to a South 21 drive-in. And then also my father had a place called Sam's Sandwich Shop. A small little corner hamburger joint on the corner of Plaza Road and 34th Street. Wow.
0: And when, out. now, no, I'm not, I know you already said how old you yeah. are, but it help, help set the scene of like where, what years um, are these? This what?
1: was late 70s, early 80s, and it was Plaza Road and 34th Street, which is now what we call NODA. Wow. Back in those days, it was called War Zone. War. It was, it was, <laughs> a little one, one stoplight. And it was interesting because you drive through there now, and the houses that we used to mull around in were, you know, they were, they were, they were, they were sketch. Sure. Now they're million dollar renovations one after another, but still sitting there is my dad's original little hamburger joint on the corner, a little three hundred square foot counter style restaurant. And, you know, to pay homage to him on this, last week, he would have turned 100 years old. Wow. He's passed away now 14 years. But I went to the restaurant, and I got his favorite double cheeseburger, went to the gravesite and had a little conversation with him about all this stuff. So what's
0: there now in, in it's, Noda? It's a sandwich shop. It's still a sandwich it's still shop. It's a okay. sandwich
1: shop. And so they still do the same type of thing, but it's a new ownership, obviously. And when my father passed away, it, it went along. It
0: happens, right?
1: But, you know, early on, I went to school in Charlotte as well, at UNC Charlotte. So all it's right. About 15 minutes from there. So that was also my first job in college. Wow. Yeah. My father didn't like that because I was also a fraternity boy at UNC Charlotte. So my entire fraternity between classes was coming to the restaurant. And you know, as, as friends do, they eat for free and drink up, for oh, free and all hand right. out. Yep, yep, yep. But it was, it was a great experience though. So that Eating was Eating the Profit. That was the first of the restaurant experience. And I knew that I was gonna be in that. Didn't know to what caliber. Didn't know to what extent. And then at school at Charlotte, I ended up working for another restaurant. It was called Strutter's Restaurant, which was in South Park area. huh. So I would drive from UNC Charlotte all the way down to South Park to work shifts. Drive all the way back. I made sure I didn't miss a single event, party, or anything. So
0: At I, UNC Charlotte while yeah, you're...
1: I burned the candle at both ends. But I think those combinations of working hard in a restaurant... And then really enjoying the entertainment aspect of life melted those worlds together for me to not just say, I want to be in a restaurant alone. I want to be in an entertainment business that happens to be focused around food and beverage. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. One hundred percent. You know, I identify with that, man. You know, my wife always jokes that you, that my wife always says you're my spirit animal. Like she jokes is like, oh, you spent time with the spirit animal today. And, and, and actually I, I had the same experience a lot when I was in undergraduate as well, where you know, I would do all the things with school and I would still have the parties and everything else, but I would still go work at the restaurant because I, I had to pay my rent, right? Survive. So I'd still be survive. working at restaurants. And 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 that's why, you, that's one of the reasons you partied so late was because you couldn't even get to the party until like 1130 or midnight because you had to close down the restaurant, right?
1: And I was also the hero because I could bring the beer.
0: Oh, or the food or whatever, or right?
1: Or both, or both. Yeah. Right? So then during that restaurant at Strutter's, we ended up uh, closing down Strutter's The family that owned it decided to get away from the business, and I opened my big mouth and said, why don't you let me give it a run? And I was a junior going into my senior year in college, and so I ended up changing the name to a place called Cluckers. Okay. And my mom worked there, my brother worked there, and it was my first foray into actually Ownership of a restaurant.
0: So junior year. Did I hear that right? Junior yeah, year of sum, college. This the
1: summer of my junior year going to my senior year.
0: So junior into college, mm-hmm. you become a business owner mm-hmm. of a restaurant, and you call it Cluckers. Yep. And you're still going to school while this is happening.
1: But mindless, needless to say, I had no damn clue what I was doing. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and so I, I really was just lost. But I just knew there was a lot of work ethic there, and I had a great product. And it was a good environment that I understood. And I knew I wanted to you know, dabble in the restaurant business. So yeah. what better way to try, right? That's awesome. I knew I was going to do this out of school, so I might as well jump into it while I was in school. Yeah. And so it was a great success. The restaurant became a, a, a great little community environment there. Uh, my mom literally worked the front of the counter while I was on the grill. Wow. We had the place for a handful of years. And after college, that was it. That's what we were going to do. So we... Ventured off from there, we spun off a second concept called Mardi Gras Cafe, and that was at Center City, downtown, at the oh, City okay. Fair Building. Okay, that lasted about six months. I partnered with one of my uh, college fraternity brothers to do that, but the building ended up getting leveled and a high-rise went up.
0: Oh, like so? Well, it's like, like something's happening around here.
1: Right. And All right. Typical growth.
0: So, 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 so we're gonna summarize real quick. So, local boy, Charlotte boy. Grows up in Dad's Sandwich and Burger Shop. Starts um, while in school at UNC Charlotte. Purchases a restaurant. Changes it to Cluckers. Mm -hmm. Running it with your family. Find out what happens next after the break, folks. Thanks for listening. And
1: the story after that is pretty fun.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to Know the Scene, Know the Scene here on WSIC, your weekly uh, shot here at, at letting you know what's going on around the scene in Lake Norman and the surrounding areas. I'm your host, Justin Dion. Um, thanks to those who are listening live today. Thank you if you're listening on our social media channels on Facebook Live or LinkedIn or any of those there. Uh, if you're not, then you can tune into that, and also you can also uh, watch the show afterward, um on one of those platforms also note that if you miss a show listening live you can also uh download it later via uh podcasts uh so you can do uh apple podcasts there and and itunes podcasts and download and listen later um we're gonna hope over the over the time here we'll develop some nice uh Some a nice bank of 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 shows you can listen to. So so we're gonna jump back in today. Again, a great guest today. Third show here. Guest is Chris Bukitas, really again, as I mentioned, a founding father of the scene of the scene here in Lake Norman. We started the first part talking about how Chris Charlotte Boy Um, Greek, Charlotte, Greek boy, um, grown up, works at dad's, uh, burger shop there in, in what is now known as NODA, but back then was not known as that. Um, then goes to school at, at, at UNC Charlotte. So again, nice look like stays local, man does UNCC, uh, back before they had a football team. And, uh, and then while he's in college, buys a restaurant, turns it into cluckers, has his mom work in the front. He's working in the back with his bro. They're doing a family restaurant. Chris, sounds like you had a lot of success. You're moving on. Tell us how you got from there to Lake Norman. And what was Lake Norman like when you got here?
1: It's a quick story. While I had Clucker's, typical restaurant, young person, struggling. It was cool to have a restaurant, but I was making no money. I had access to you know, free food and a beer here or there, but the money wasn't coming in. It was a hard struggle. So I had to go out and get a job. Another job? Yeah, a real job. The restaurant was not a real (laughs) job. So I went and picked up a job from a customer at the restaurant and I literally started brooming in his warehouse. he moved me to this little sales job. It was selling microfilm. While I was selling microfilm... I saw another opportunity for a software company that was just starting. It was back when computers were starting to become the big thing. Uh And I went to go work for this massive software company called Computer Associates. I have no idea how I ended up in that world. Okay. They they issued me a laptop and I couldn't even figure out how to turn the darn thing on. Okay. And I had a few accounts. And one of my accounts was up in the Lake Norman area in in Davidson. And uh, a good friend of mine owned a company called Profit Technologies back in the day. He was one of my uh, college buddies. So while I was up in the Lake Norman area, I said, let's go to lunch. So he took me to lunch to a place called Davidson Depot. And while I'm sitting in there, my typical restaurant personality looks around and says, wow, this place is special, has a cool vibe and an old cotton mill. So later that night, I go back to my wife and I'm like, man, what a cool location up there, you know, and I start talking about it. And there's another Greek group in Charlotte that was trying to expand out and not just do their traditional restaurants. Mm -hmm. And they like were, a
0: traditional meaning, like traditional Greek food. Yes. Okay. They were
1: trying to break out and do something a little bit larger scale and they were looking up that way. And next thing you know, a little collaboration, a little conversation, my three months of working for somebody else quickly made me realize that I never want to work for anybody else again in my life. Okay. Collaborated with these guys and we ended up taking that location and turning it into the Brickhouse Tavern. Which oh, is,
0: wow. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So
1: that's what made us look at Lake Norman. We put the Brickhouse Tavern in play. My wife and I moved up this way, and now we became Lake Norman residents. And what year was this? This was in, oh gosh, 2002, right? 2002. But what's crazy is this was a moment where Lake Norman already had its history. There was a lot Uh of great uh bars through all the years, great restaurants through the years, but there was this little lull going on around that. 9-11 everything. But we were sitting on three different leases as we were looking at building this concept up here. We had what is currently North Harbor. We were holding that paperwork going, do we want to move this concept to North Harbor? We were sitting on the lease at a place called South Shore Grill. Do you remember South Shore Grill? Which turned into the Rusty Rudder. Okay. And then we had the lease for Davidson Depot, and between those three, we all decided that the... Davidson Depot location would be the best for this concept.
0: What led you to, do, to make that decision at the time?
1: Because me as a young man, having a restaurant on the water wouldn't be healthy for anybody. <laughs> 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 and needless to say. <laughs> so, So the reality is we opened up the brick house right around the same time Sid was doing the North Harbor Club. Yeah. Right around the same time, Brian and Eric were doing the Rusty Rudder. So this, you saw this evolution happen. Yeah, these are like,
0: like you're talking found, again, what I'm calling like founding fathers of the the Lake Norman, like cultural scene and and food and beverage and and entertainment and all that.
1: Midtown Sundries was already where the restaurant is on the water. Midtown Sundries, which is now Port City, but that was the place on Lake Norman. Okay. The bands, the live music. So we would go there as we come to Lake Norman and go, wow, what a cool place. You could pull up on your boat, great environment. So as we started building the brick house out, the Rusty Rudder opened up, North Harbor opened up. And so now you had nice restaurants. You had a fun place on the water to party. In addition to Midtown, we dropped this restaurant right in the middle of Davidson. that hadn't seen anything like sure, that yeah. before. And we were off and running. And a couple of years into the the brick house, Lake Norman just started really gelling. You started seeing things pop up. You know, Tropicana Canada Club. You had uh, just a bunch of different restaurants that were turning over. And right about that time, the Galway Hooker was being built over across where Burkdale uh-huh. was. Yeah, you know, Burke, that's you know, Lake Norman had the the mom and pop restaurant tours, independents trying to come in. Then the development of Burkdale came in. Mm-hmm. And Burkdale changed everything up here. It made people look at Lake Norman as, okay, there's some growth potential up there. Okay. So a lot of money started pouring up here. Property values were increasing. Nobody would have thought they are where they are today, but everything started coming up. And so as I had the brick house, the Galway Hooker was being built. And John Bisson, who was the original owner of the Galway Hooker, had this amazing dream. He was an airline pilot. He used to take the flight from Charlotte to Ireland. That was his route. And when he'd get to Ireland, he would spend all of his days learning about Irish pubs. And eventually he got the bug, never did a restaurant before, and decided to build an Irish pub here on the shores of Lake Norman. So he spent all of his time sourcing products, literally bringing things from Ireland.
0: Yeah. Was it like the bar? The
1: entire thing. That I mean, honestly, what he did with the Galway Hooker to build it out was probably one of the most special builds anybody's done anywhere. Yeah. And I love a good Irish pub. Yeah. So as he was building it, I would befriend him and I would stop by there and see him. And we had the Brick House. And then when he opened, I mean, again, he's an airline pilot. He's living in the air most of the time. Sure. So it, at the ground level, he really didn't have anybody to operate.
0: So, so you kind of, he approached you as like a restaurant it operator? Was, it, was nev- a-
1: it was never even approached. It was just conversation. And then one day we were just talking and I am like, I'd be interested. in my path with the Brick House and what I wanted to do with catering and trying to expand... And like I always tell you, always trying to diversify, Right. had a great conversation with John and next thing you know, uh, I'm an owner of an Irish pub and, uh, you know, we we jumped in full speed and the special thing about the Galway hooker and anybody who's lived up here for the past few years down to 25 years ago knows that the Galway hooker for the last 20 years was a staple to this community. Yeah. And not just because of good fish and chips and shepherd's pie, it had a soulfulness to it. Mm -hmm. The Galway hooker resonated to the people when you walked in that place you were family you were just part of something really cool and that gave me this i guess the right word is thados in greek is like the energy to keep doing this because i loved watching people get excited i love watching families you know come together yeah and the special thing for me at the galway hooker is there's i call myself a great grandfather to a point well a grandfather because there's four different customers that i know that have come to that restaurant the Galway Hooker that have met somebody that became their significant other that I actually through my catering company wedded and did their catering for them to where now they've all had kids and I joke around and it's like my grandkids
0: so <laughs> that's awesome
1: so you talk about a full circle type thing so Well Gal-
0: that's that's the kind of stuff that to me like that's the, I mean that's the scene right that's that's a community that's 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 100%. part of what creates more than you know um you know when you talk about this sorry this is one of my 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 things behind like this show and this idea of like helping just define and helping people like even become more aware of the scene and the and what what makes up the culture of a community. And like you just said, I mean, these places aren't just places people just went to eat that were cool places, man. They built relationships here. They built communities of people. And it's all happening in, in Lake Norman and their towns all around it in that way. It's so
1: neat. And that's, and if I can say this about the Golly Hooker, I loved Lake Norman before. The Brick House was an amazing experience. And it is still great. Oh, and and, and what Nick has done with that place, I mean, he is the original founder of that. He, it was his idea that the whole concept really came through his vision. To yeah. start this thing and we took it to a whole nother level. But here we are 20 plus years later. He's still serving great pizzas. The place is still packed. Yeah. So that soul funds, it's held and it's it's done its job. But what the hooker did for me was it opened up me in a different way. I was always working these as businesses. But it made me look at it differently. It yeah. made me look at it from the community and go, what else does this town have? Yeah. And then, you know, I had an upstairs room there.
0: That's right. I was going to say, so because the hooker was way more than just hooker, a great place to get a meal and hang out with your yeah, friends and have a pint. Yeah. What else was it? You it, did a lot more there.
1: It wasn't a 50-seat Irish pub after I got hold of right. it. Right? Uh, we thought about the upstairs and what can we do? Because the catering would do a wedding here or there on a Friday or Saturday. But it was my wife that said, you should do something up here different during the week. I'm like, what? You should do a comedy club. I know the last thing on earth I am is funny when it comes to this kind of stuff. And (laughs) and I'm like, what do I know about comedy? Well, she in college, she was also a UNC graduate, UNCC graduate, worked at the Comedy Zone. And so she said, call Hef. And I'm like, what the heck's a Hef? What the heck's a Hef? He's the owner of the Comedy Zone. So I introduce myself to Hef. He comes up. Next thing you know, we have a comedy club. In partnership with Comedy Zone, which is one of the largest comedy chains in the country. Yes. Dropped in the middle of Lake Norman on a random Tuesday night. So for the next six, seven years, Comedy Zone was 150 people every single Tuesday, every NASCAR team, every community. That place was the place to be. And it created a lot of energy in Lake Norman. Yeah. For the midweek. And so the midweek. So it wasn't
0: just the weekends.
1: Right. So the midweek now picked up new things. All of a sudden city tavern opens up up here the brick house has its special nights so now you have five or six nights in lake norman all with something cool and something really fun to do
0: all right so so more so so getting lake norman started with with uh with galway hooker and others coming back with more chris bukitas after the break thanks for listening Know the scene, everyone. Know the scene. It's Tuesday afternoon in Lake Norman. (laughs) It's time to know your scene. Justin Dion, your host here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Tell you what, if you like our show, I know we're brand new, but if you like your show, how about tell your friends for us. Tell them to tune in. Tell them to download it afterward. Watch it on Facebook Live afterward. You know, really hoping to kind of just help, help, help expose people to some cool stories about the scene around here. Help promote what's going on locally so you can know what to see. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, if there's stuff, someone you think we should have on the show or if there's, uh, you know, an idea or something you think we should cover or talk about that, uh, that we haven't, you know, shoot an email uh, to, uh, to the studio here. You can find it on the, on the website or, uh, or, you know, shoot them a note on social media and we'll do it, all right? We'll, we'll make sure to get them on. Also, in case you in case you would like to at all today, if you have any questions or anything like that for our guest you can call in. Phone lines are open. Eight four four studio four. You can call in live um, if you'd like to if you'd like to speak with uh, with Chris or myself. So we're gonna get back at it. Chris Bukitis, Chris Bucitas uh, again, telling us a great story about how he got how he got to the Lake Norman area from his background in Charlotte, from from family working hard, uh, going to UNC Charlotte, becoming an entrepreneur, buying a business, ends up here, helps to start Brick Brick House. Um, tavern up there in Davidson, really gets the scene going, then gets on and, and, and ends up having the opportunity to, to start Galway Hooker and get Galway Hooker and create and build that to what it became and then brings in the comedy to Galway Hooker. Chris, where do we go from there?
1: Then we start focusing on the people that we have. Yeah. And one of my partners from the very beginning of the Galway Hooker is uh, Chef Steve Jordan. He is one of the original guys that I brought in but one of the best chefs there is. Where did you bring him from? Chef Steve moved out of Charleston to come up here and open up Charleston Chops, okay. which is where the Peninsula Prime is currently. Okay. And that restaurant did not hold its water, and I met Steve at the gym one day. We were talking. He's a great catering chef. I was telling him about my catering company, and I said, but I also have this little Irish pub, and I, I desperately need somebody to really hold this. And he looked at me. He's like, I'm not going to be an Irish pub chef because uh- he's way <laughs> past that. But... We did have conversations about the catering and I said, I need a partner in this thing. So he came on board and started producing food that is second to none in this market. I mean, second to none. We
0: know, we're familiar. We we enjoy his food at Kane Center.
1: There you go. Exactly right. So the catering company with Steve on board exploded, took off. And we were doing it at the Galway Hooker. Yeah. Well, if you've ever seen the kitchen of the Galway Hooker... There's barely enough room to fry an order of French fries, let alone run a a catering company out the back door. Uh So that immediately triggered us to start looking, right? We got the comedy zone, working upstairs, We got this great restaurant and we're pumping food going out the back door. We knew we needed a kitchen. Steve always had this wonderful idea of a French bistro that also mixes with his Southern cooking culture Uh and heritage of his family. So we developed an idea of a restaurant. We started looking around all over Lake Norman for a house. What can we build this old house, gut it, and turn it into a cool restaurant. Uh Right about that time, the Mooresville Golf Course started announcing that they were going to rebuild the golf course, Uh and they're going to be looking for a restaurant partner. We pitched the idea of Steve's French Bistro, Southern flavor concept, and unanimously, we were awarded that contract from the wonderful folks in Mooresville, and we got to build a restaurant called on the nines on the
0: nines. If you have not been to on the nines, ladies and gentlemen, you have got to go wonderful place. I mean, of course, you know, go, go get your golf game in and a little something, but, but really just go back, take, take your significant other, go there for a great date night, go there for a celebration. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a great spot, man. Steve's food is fantastic.
1: I, I can say this about that restaurant. My wife and I are foodies. We love going out to eat. Two out of the three times that we hit the streets to go out and eat, we end up at our restaurant. Because <laughs> it's just it just works for us, right? And it's an amazing place. So I really I feel I feel very proud being an owner of that restaurant. But I give Chef Steve so much of the credit because what he's done there, he's taken it, he's made it his own, his personal touch is all over that restaurant. We use local farms, we use local sources for all of our herbs, and he is literally changing that menu daily yeah so our printing bill is through the roof but the expectation <laughs> from the customer is also through the roof and we we put together a pretty good product right well, and Washington. again
0: i will i dude i will i will absolutely compliment you on that product or on all your products again you know i'm a big supporter <laughs> and believer in yours man and 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 you 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 always inspire me with your with your work ethic and your ideas and the quality of what you put out mm-hmm. there um but i will tell you too from even not just from on the nines but from that catering side, yeah. you know, Kane Center, we've worked with you guys uh, boot catering yep. b- before we were built, right? And yep. we were in fundraising only mode. Yep. And, and you Selling guys... Selling bricks. And, yeah. And, and you guys have always been fantastic. I mean, you guys are our recommended caterer whenever people come to Thank the you. center to put on an event. Um, you know, great staff. Um, they're a great team. Um, Got to give it up to Tara. Can't, the, yeah. can't can't talk about sorry can't talk no. about it without giving Tara we
1: all big go ups as Tara there.
0: goes she is and she's amazing at yeah. what she does she so is you're the best in the business so I think that's one of the great things about your style man too is that is that you don't from my perspective you don't seem to be the kind of business owner that that literally has to that wants to micromanage things it's going to get lost you like to build teams you like to find people that you can trust and and if you need to I guess coach them into where you need them to be and then you let them own it.
1: 100%. Right, and that's 100%. that's awesome. You cannot do what we do single-handedly. I, I am absolutely nothing without the people. And the right. people are 100% this business. We are a people company that focuses on the customer 1,000%. Whether it be a, a hamburger at an Irish pub, whether it be a 300-person wedding at some fancy venue, or coming in for a nice anniversary dinner at the Nines, we only think about the customer. Right. It's not about how much money we can make, it's not about anything cuz who the heck am I to have somebody come to one of my venues after working an entire week, putting that money in their pocket, paying Uncle Sam the taxes, all their bills, if they have some disposable income and come spend it on me and me not give them everything? No way. Yeah. Always. So.
0: Right. What so so okay, so you've so at this point, so you've got you've got the hooker going. Mm-hmm. You've got on the 9s going. <laughs> You've you've bought in with Hef on Comedy Zone Charlotte yep. at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got those places. Um what's next in our what's next in our journey?
1: Well, next How do we get to how do we get to Boatyard? Well, how do we get to Langtree? Next is COVID. Oh gosh. <laughs> so dun, dun, dun. So we have the Nines is doing well, the Galway is doing well, the Catering's doing well. Comedy Zone is making people laugh all over the region. Yeah. COVID hits and it shakes everybody to the core. And I'll never forget that COVID hit us at the St. Patty's Day timeframe. Right. And the Galway Hooker, if you remember, you know, we have a five to 6,000 person festival yeah. every St. Paddy's Day. So when I got the call from Lieutenant Governor, you know, Dan Forrest saying that you cannot do this festival, it scared me. Ooh. It was like, wow, if I'm getting that call. Something serious is happening. And sure enough, within two weeks, everything was, everything was in trouble. Down. So we shut down the nines. Because that's a higher end restaurant. There was right. nothing we can do there, and I can't do curbside service and do anybody any justice. Right. The Galway Hooker, we tried to play the curbside. We were we feeding did that people. a couple of times. Right. And we were doing what we could in the community. You know, feeding the EMTs, helping with the police, anywhere yeah. we could add value. Right. But everybody thought this was going to be you know a few weeks, and we move on. Right. But after about two or three months, six months, it got to be a little bit concerning. So we had to make some tough moves. We had to let people go that were critical to the family. We had to you know, set people back and hopefully it will come back to all this. But in the middle of that, there was a gentleman who was interested in possibly purchasing the Galway hooker. He had his own vested interests. We were in a tough situation. So we took the opportunity to, to consider that. Sure. So in the middle of the process of possibly selling the Galway hooker, I tell my wife that this is a chance for us to slow down a little bit. So in my <laughs> mind, that means... Pursue the people at Boatyard because I love what they were doing, <laughs> and say,
0: <laughs> "Slow down, let's buy another business."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go twice as big, let's, ten times as big. Go, let's
0: create another. And, and the family
1: that owned the Boatyard, they were they were, they were migrating too. They were trying to separate away from the business, so uh-huh. there was an opportunity. And and Joe Stockwell, who owns, he's a phenomenal, incredible guy. We ended up making a deal in the middle, pretty much in the middle of COVID.
0: Yeah. Because so originally it was Boatyard Eats.
1: Boatyard Eats. And it was
0: a different concept.
1: It was food trucks and all that, yeah. but, but we're a restaurant group. So we knew that we could add the food element to this and yeah. enhance it. And then we're also an entertainment group. So it's all the elements of what we do across the board. It is large scale volume, it is good quality product at a good price, and then high volume bar. All while entertaining the living crap out of whoever's in the room. Right. So we bought Boatyard. I come home and told the wife, hey, we sold the Galway. And she's like, yay, we can relax. I'm like, no, we bought Boatyard. <laughs> and then Boatyard became... lesser heart. Yeah, well, yeah, she's a patient What woman. a woman. She's a lucky woman, I can tell what you. What a that. lady, I tell you. <laughs> so we ended up doing Boatyard in the middle of COVID, not knowing what to come at the end of that. But my gut and my feeling to Boatyard... Was exactly what you see today with Boatyard. Yeah, I I felt it, I saw it, and sure enough, when COVID passed, you know the nines took off. The community, I can't say it big time enough. How they responded when we reopened was re- amazing. Yeah. You know, you remember all the restaurants opened at half staff. There was nobody who was working, right? So we had to be very patient, and the stat and the people were so under- it was amazing. Yeah. And then when Boatyard reopened, there was the six foot rule and all the things that came along with it. Right. Boatyard had 50,000 square feet of space. Outside too. Right. So I had the ability- And open door and everything. And I had the ability to be the only place around that really had a crowd. Yeah. And so as that COVID started to reach a peak and start to vaccinate and settle in where the masses could get back together, sure, Boatyard exploded. Yes. And boy has it. And it became a great place. And it makes my heart so happy every single weekend to see the crowds, to see people having a great time. I always joke around when, when somebody is sitting around the house about ready to go out and they they want to put on their best, they want to look their best to come out to a place, that makes you feel special.
0: Yeah, that's right. All Bo- right, Well, right. We're going to talk sold. about the Boatyard Explosion Woo-hoo! when we come back after this break. Chris Bukitis coming up after the break. Thanks for listening.
1: That's a good one. We
0: need more stuff. All right. Know the scene. Know the scene Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening. Ton everybody and making sure you know what makes the scene up here in Lake Norman. What is it? Is it? Is it the food? Is it the drink? Is it the, the parks? Is it the cultural opportunities? Is it the lake itself? Is it all of these things, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, today, continuing along with Chris Bukitas, um, really, again, as I mentioned, as I, as I consider a founding father of... of of helping to create that, especially that food and beverage entertainment scene um, up here in Lake Norman. If you're if you're just joining us, uh, Chris, you know local guy, local boy from Charlotte, helps out at his dad's burger shop and what is now known as as Noda, but wasn't back then. UNC Charlotte um, graduate buys a restaurant named Cluckers, ends up moving up here to Lake Norman and helps start Brick House. Then does Galway Hooker. Then does on the nines, then sells Galway Hooker to spend more time with his family, and 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 when he says spend more time with his family, he means buys boatyard eats and creates boatyard, along with also starting a catering company, book catering up here, um, and a comedy zone, uh, that that was uh, above Galway, and then invests in the comedy zone in Charlotte as well. So all around, all around food, drink, entertainment in Lake Norman. Chris Bucius has been touching it, Chris. Tell us I wanna I want to talk right now. I want to start this segment, this final segment real quick. Let's talk boatyard. Okay. You know, tell us about boatyard is is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge right now. it's it's packed every weekend. Um, you guys got great entertainment acts coming in there. You've got a great vibe, great energy. Tell me tell me how that's going. Tell me what you like about that. what's what's happening with boatyard.
1: Uh, boatyard was completely unexpected to me when we made the purchase to buy boatyard, Within our catering company, we looked at that could be another venue. We can host events there. We can turn it on, do some good food, and have great crowds. It almost has the combination of an event venue, a brewery, and also a live music kind of stage tied together. So we didn't know what really to expect. But when the COVID pandemic cleared and the people came out booking these bands, building a great scene for people to feel comfortable in, I never expected it to be that way. I I don't expect seven, 800 people coming out every Friday, Saturday night, but then they do. They they do come out. But the best part of all that is to watch the community, Mm -hmm. to watch the groups come together, to watch the different levels, whether it be folks from the peninsula or whether it be folks from Mooresville coming down, it's been great for the community. What's recently happening to me. That's surprised me tremendously is we get a ton of people pulling up with Ubers and they're coming in and I'm, a typical nosy business person. I want to know what's happening. So as I see these Ubers pulling up, I'm asking where are these people coming from? The Uber drivers are telling me, hey, Southend from Charlotte. They're coming over from Salisbury. They're coming all the way down from Statesville. So I know that Boatyard has become a little bit of an inflection point. That's great. And I I, received, I saw one of my favorite you know, posts ever on social media a couple of months ago that had to do with one of my businesses. And it said, is there anything to do in Lake Norman this weekend other than boatyard. <laughs> I smiled. There you and go. And I did respond and I said no. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so that made me feel that like not not no 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 ego could care less about any of that, but it made me feel like what we're doing is resonating that people are accepting it, people enjoy it. Yeah. You know, you're going to have the good and the bad with any business. Sure. But with Boatyard, I'm sure if somebody's listening to this right now, they're probably going, "Oh my god, build more bathrooms." And that's coming. We got a whole. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Hey, while you're here, you're live on the radio, right? This is this. Here's your chance. I know I know I know trust me I know you get you see the people the yeah. the, the people have the complaints people have the the feed the f- the gift of feedback yes. Chris 100% All right you got the mic man are, we, are there we, things that you've heard that you'd love to just right now just Oh we like, have a
1: full master get, plan Get it out get I've it out a, what I've got a full master plan to do two major pro- projects and this is to be done by the beginning of next summer is to have the bathrooms doubled up we already have it slated and where they're going to go All right and this parking situation
0: Park, Park. yeah man, that's not
1: just for the purpose of it. That, that parking is safety too. It's, all it, safety. it's a nightmare, right? First Th- off, across the street from Boatyard, we have an incredible hospital going in from Atrium. That's right. right. That, if that doesn't tell you what's going on in our community right there, nothing will. Sure. So we know that that's going to add a ton of traffic and influx. We have the property, we have all the trees behind Boatyard. So we have some plans to expand into that and make okay. the parking go that way. But that's just a process, right? That's just right. an evolution yep. of uh, evolution of those. business. So those are happening. Side of that, there's not much that needs to be fixed sure. or done with Beauregard. Yeah. We just got to make sure that we accommodate correctly the people that do attend. That's having, right. having bathroom lines with 20, 30 people, yeah, it's not good. But it only lasts a few minutes. Right. But the optics aren't great. Right. So I want to fix that. So right. that's the goal. But that's but that's great, man. But that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with
0: that. Like you said, it's customer service, man. You're giving, you're responding, yep. and you're. It's just it takes time, as we all know. Yep. It takes time to do these kind of things. Yep. You know, I like to hear um, during the break. Um, you know, Justin. Uh, that the station owner came in and was just—he was asking some great questions—and and you know, Chris, tell us—you you so you've managed to con- to continue to see success and not just a little success, but sustained success through a lot of your restaurant ventures, entertainment ventures. That's not an easy business right. to be in, right? I no, mean, we we not, were even talking hard, during the break business. too about like you've seen, you know, you've seen a lot of restaurants come and go in this area as well, entertainment venues come and go here mm. and there, bars, things like that. You know, what would you say? Um, not not say anything about the others, but what do you think you particularly think is part of what help has helped you to enjoy that sustained success?
1: It's never been a job for me. This is never. I've never worked a day in my life. Well, I did when I went to go with the software company, thinking I needed to make some extra income. Sure, but as my career in a restaurant. It's never been a job. I watched my father do it. I watched all of my friends' families and fathers do it. You know, in the mm-hmm. Greek community, you always hear about it. You know, I grew up in Charlotte where if it wasn't an Applebee's or a McDonald's, it was one of our relatives that
0: owned the <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Even in Salisbury, man, there were like two Greek oh, families in Salisbury and, that hand, had restaurants in like where, where right? I was growing up.
1: And and so it's all <laughs> we've known. And then you had the transition of the next generation, right? And then the new restaurants as Charlotte started to grow, you got the chains coming in and they kind of dominated and they pushed a lot of the smaller restaurants out of the way. Yeah. And the smaller restaurateurs that survived, they had to survive on not having the big money. So what did they have to do? They had to give an incredible level of service. We had to make sure that every customer walked into our restaurant and felt like they were the king in that moment. And that built that loyalty. Then you have the next generation again, which we're seeing now. There's a lot of money, a lot of disposable money and disposable money has All of their life set up. They have their houses. They have their beach houses. And now what else can we do? We want to do some entertainment fun. The restaurant business from the outside looking in, it's sexy. It's cool. Who doesn't want to go to a restaurant, have a great meal, have a beer and be able to say, I own the place. That's between 7 and 9 p.m. 5 a.m. is when it starts most times and it usually goes to 1 a.m. But the reality is the people that are doing this correctly, it's a pretty simple philosophy you got to put the customer first because there's no bills paid without the customer. got to be a good person. You got to be kind. You got to be nice. And you got to work harder than anybody else in the mm. room at all times. And you got to show your staff that you're willing to be part of it and work hard. You got to put together a, a great deal on the entrance. So you're not trapped behind some type of, you know, massive rent or some landlord right. bill. And then the rest is put a good product on the plate or put the good product in the cup.
0: Wow. Yeah. That man wise, major, major words of wisdom. Not just and not just for the restaurant, but I think what you just said can apply to all all Everything. kinds of businesses, right? And just how to apply. So, so in in a little bit of time we have left, I want to talk about for you with the journey we've talked about, the journey you've taken us through today, where you are now. I want to step back for a minute and get your thoughts on the scene that exists now in Lake Norman that you've helped, that you've had a major imprint on you, your hand, both your hands and both your feet have had major <laughs> imprints on this whole cultural and the scene here. What do you see that's going on right now? What do you see that's coming? Are there things that you're like, that's really cool. That's neat. What, what do you, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, first off, thank you for those kind of words. Cause I don't feel like I'm any part of that. I've just worked really hard and I, we built a couple of cool concepts and we have put it out there and people have responded. Is that a vision? I don't know if it's a good vision. It's just, it's just worked, right? Maybe there's a little bit of luck. Maybe there's a lot of hard work in there. Regardless of it, you do see a transition happening now. You see a lot of big growth up here. You're starting to see new exits pop up. You're starting to see hospitals being, you know, coming out of the ground. Mm-hmm. You see some bigger chain restaurants. You see Berkdale take its conversion over and what that's going to become in the next phase. So there's big money coming into town. That doesn't mean that the small guys... The, the, the local mom and pop shops that built the foundation of this community don't have a tremendous upside as well. Mm -hmm. So what I see coming is a blend of both of those worlds. A community like Lake Norman will not be happy and will not succeed if the smaller fish are pushed out the way right? There's great bars. There's great bars. Jack's Corner Tap. Yes. There's there's tons of these places, right? Uh, Then you have a a celebrity chef out of New York that just took over Port City in Lake Norman. Yes,
0: that's big. that's right. So
1: there's this conversion of the old and the new and bringing new money here. That's going to be a challenge. Breweries, OMB is supposed to be coming. You just got announced today that Royal Bliss is going to be moving to Kadala. Yeah,
0: that's exciting too. So so
1: the landscape of what's coming is going to be, I think, a fusion, the ones that are going to survive that are the smaller mom and pop local shops are going to get a great kick from the new money coming into town, but that's going to be with more people, more support, more more growth. Yeah. I mean, look, look what you've done at the Kane Center, right? Hey, we're,
0: man, I'm, hey, I'm trying to, we're excited to be here, man. We're, we're babies. We're just now getting started, right? And we when we look up the, the, to, you know, giants like you who've worked your butt off and got this and paved the way for us. But there regardless. would be no Cane Center if there if there wasn't a hooker, if there wasn't the other places, right?
1: But I have to say, when I drive through downtown Cornelius that I've done for 20 years, and now I look over to my right and I see that building and I go, that's in our community now. We're going. We're,
0: we're going. on our way. And thanks to you, we're on our way. Thank you, Chris I'm Bukitas. Right Amazing that, yeah. work. Go to Boatyard. Uh, check them out. Go to On the Nines. Go to Comedy Zone. We'll see you guys know the scene next Tuesday. The new
1: 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.